This is week three of summer shorts. Super excited uh, to be here. Super excited to worship with you guys. Um, you guys sound awesome. Um, last week, AJ mentioned to you guys about a code word. You guys remember that? Yep, yep, yep. No? Some of you said no? Well, let me remind you, uh, every week we're going to give you a code word. We're going to give you a word that you can um, uh, text us, email us, DM us on Instagram. Uh, you can actually write it on your connection card. If you do that, uh, then uh, uh, make sure you write like a prayer request or something so we can be praying for you throughout the week. But you're going to write that word so that we know you are here, and you will be entered into a drawing uh, to, win, to win some swag. All right? Let's just use that word. Uh, like t-shirts, stickers, um, I don't know, lots of stuff. All right? So uh, the more that you give us, the more code words you give us, uh, and the more you're here, then the more chances you have of winning, okay? Because the more times you'll be in the drawing. Does that make sense? Everyone got it? It's stuff that you're going to want. So your co code word for this week, I'm only going to say it once. So you better listen. Listen close. You ready? It's beach ball. Beach ball. All right? There you go. You got it. I'm, I did say it twice, but I'm not going to say it again. You're right. It was, I was out of habit. All right. Well, you got it. Uh, you got it written down. You know what to do with it now. All right? So, uh, like I said, we're in week three of summer shorts, and tonight, uh, man, I want to talk to you guys about growing without excuse. Growing without excuse. Um, we make a lot of excuses, don't we? Yeah? We make a lot of excuses. And sometimes we make excuses without even knowing it, right? Uh, the classic, like, my dog ate my homework. Anyone use that one? Anyone's dog actually eat their homework? Seriously? A textbook? Oh, that's rough. Wait, we had more people, dogs, eat their homework? Seriously? What, what does that mean? You just use the excuse? Oh, man. Dog ate the... Wow. The whole thing? Swal what? <laughs> wow. Did you wait for it to come out or what? Oh. <laughs> Leviticus, like the most boring. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, not boring. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So, we all use excuses, right? I'm just tired. I'm stressed. I can't do this because I'm tired. Whatever, right? We use excuses all the time. I told you guys, uh, I've talked to you guys about how I like to hunt and fish. Um, by the way, if you want to fit in with hunters and fishermen, um, then you uh, just blame everything on the weather, okay? Like, just make excuses that the weather sucks. Uh, anything, anytime that we've had a bad, like, hunt or we've not fished, not caught anything, it's always the weather's fault, right? It's always the, the, the wind, uh, it's too hot, or it's not hot enough, right? Or it, there's, it's too cloudy. There's just, I mean, there's all kinds of, and, and the, the good thing is, is when you blame it on the weather, the weather can't, like, get you, yeah, defend itself, right? Unless you get struck by lightning or something. I don't know. Anyway. All right, well, you get the point. We make excuses. Um, I thought, I thought that it would be fun to, like, look up some uh, celebrities that made excuses. You guys want to hear some celebrities that made really dumb excuses? Um, uh, okay, so Paris Hilton, you guys know who Paris Hilton is? Kind of, maybe you've heard of her. Um, she got pulled over one time uh, by a cop. Uh, 
and when she got pulled over, I think she, so she must have got out of the car. She had her purse. Uh, out of her, when she got out of the car, out of her purse fell uh, some drugs because uh, she was on drugs, apparently. And uh, her excuse was, when the drugs fell out, her excuse was, oh, oh, I think that's gum. How dumb is that? But it was cocaine. So how does cocaine look like gum, right? You get the point? Stupid. And then she tried to say, and then, and then, just wait, she tried to say, she tried to say, oh, wait, that's not even my purse. That's not even my purse. But, but wait, wait, the chapstick, the, the $1,300 that I have in cash in there, and my asthma meds that says my name, all of that's mine, but just the rest of it is not stupid, right? Stupid, stupid excuses. Paris Hilton, you're a dummy. All right. Winona Ryder. You guys know Winona Ryder? Yeah, Stranger Things. Yeah, she's way more than Stranger Things. She also, I don't know what you said. She also uh, doesn't feel like she makes enough money to buy clothes for some reason. So a long time ago, she decided that uh, she didn't have enough money, even though she's probably like a billionaire. Probably not a billionaire, but she's got a lot of money. And she decided that she wanted to steal uh, $4,760 worth of clothes. And so she tried to shoplift this much, and she, uh, she got caught. And her excuse was, I'm doing research for a new role. I'm, tr- I'm doing research because I'm going to be in a new movie where apparently they're going to shop. So she's, huh? She was method acting. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't even in a movie at the time. Like she wasn't even, so that it was a dumb excuse. You get the point? She was, yeah. All right. Uh, Woody Harrelson, you guys know Woody Harrelson? No, he's the guy from uh, Zombieland. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's also in um, Now You See Me, the magic one. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, okay, he's, like, really ugly, kind of old, like, uh, he, like, he's, like, super tough, like, tough guy kind of thing. All right, so here's what, here's what happened. He was filming Zombieland. How many of you guys have seen Zombieland? Zombieland's a great movie, but don't go watch it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's about zombies, okay? And so he got finished filming Zombieland, and he was walking through the airport, and as he was walking through the airport, a photographer came up to him, like a reporter, a photographer guy. And he came up to him, and he started asking him questions. And, and Woody Harrelson grabbed the camera and threw it on the ground and smashed it and then punched the guy in the face and knocked him out. And uh, his excuse was that he thought he was a zombie. <laughs> Stupid, right? I, <laughs> dumb, right? I, I was, he, 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 was so, he was so into his role that he thought this guy was a zombie coming to eat his brains or something. Ridiculous, right? All right, so that's enough. That's enough. Here's the thing. Shh. Here's the thing. We make all kinds of excuses all the time, right? All kinds of excuses. We make dumb excuses all the time, right? We see it all the time, and and the truth is we can't grow because we're stuck in our excuses. We can't grow. We can't move because we're stuck in, a lot, in, in our excuses. We're stuck making excuses. I think a lot of us might say that we want to grow, but then when, when it gets hard, when it gets difficult or uncomfortable, we make excuses. We back off. We say, that, that's a little too hard for me. I'm too tired. I'm too stressed. I've got a lot of homework. I've got this, right? We make excuses, and we can't grow because we're stuck in our excuses. Jesus has a lot to say about excuses. There's a story in the Bible that Jesus tells. It's a parable, and he, and he talks about the kingdom of heaven. 
He talks about the kingdom of heaven as a banquet, as a, as a, uh, a, a big feast, a big party that someone's throwing, okay? And so we're going to read this story. Uh, it's in Luke chapter 14. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. It'll be on the screen, though. I think it's on your outlines. Um, it's Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 24. We're going to read this together, and then we're going to unpack it, and then we're going to do something a little different later, okay? Here we go. Let's do it first. Luke 14. Verse 15, when one, of the, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is at the table with a bunch of people. Some random guy says, hey, it would be super cool to eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is like, duh, um, right? Like, and so verse 16, he tells him a man was giving, Jesus, this is Jesus talking. He's giving a parable. He told him a man was giving a large banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, come because everything is now ready. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to go try them out. I ask you to excuse me. And another said, I just got married. And therefore, I'm unable to come. So the servant came back and reported these things to his master. Then in anger, the master of the house told his servant's servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the city and bring in, the, bring in here the poor, the maimed, blind, and lame. Master, the servant said, What you ordered has been done and there is still room. Then the master told the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and make them come in so that the house may be filled. For I tell you, not one of those people who were invited will enjoy my banquet. All right, let's just recap real quick. Someone says, hey, Jesus, wouldn't it be so cool to eat bread in the kingdom of heaven? Wouldn't it be so awesome? And Jesus' response is like, yeah, you're right. It is kind of cool. But then he responds with a parable that basically is saying, like, you're right, it is cool, but a lot of you are going to make excuses when it comes time. A lot of you are too wrapped up in the world and the things of the world and the things that you like yourself, and so you're going to make excuses, and you're not actually going to come and be a part of it. And so he does it by telling the parable, right? The feast and the banquet represents the kingdom of God. We said that. And when it's time when it's time for the banquet, right, this guy, this, this guy who hosted the banquet, he, he sent out invitations to the people. He said, look, I'm going to have this banquet in like a few months or in a few weeks or whatever. Oh, we're going to have this big feast and we're going to get together and have this big party and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. I want you to come and be a part of it. And so they've got this invitation and they say, okay, yeah, I'm going to be there. And then it says when it's time for the banquet, they send the servant to say, hey, look, come to my house. Come hang out. It's time for the party. But then it says, without exception, some, some say with one voice, without hesitation, they made excuses. Yeah, the banquet sounds kind of great, sounds kind of fun, but you know what? I don't really want to go. I don't wanna really want to be around people. We do this, right? We get invited to a party. We get invited to a friend's house. We get invited to a good thing. And it's like, Oh, I just, I got to think of an excuse to come up with so I don't have to go, 
right? I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. You've all done it, right? Raise your hand if you've done it. We've done it. We've done it. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying, right? We know what this is like. So we do this. We do this with little things. But guys, we do this with Jesus too. We do this in our relationship with Jesus too. We say we want to grow. We say we want to follow him. And yet when it comes time to choose to follow him and walk in obedience, we step back and make excuses. That's too hard. That's too scary. So there's three excuses they give him, right? We're going to look at them real quick just to see how stupid they are. Uh, The first two are basically the same. First one said, I've bought a field and I must go out and see it. I ask that you excuse me, right? The first one said, I've bought a field and I I, I must go out and see it. The second one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. I ask you to excuse me. So he says, look, I bought a field. One of them said, I bought a field. One of them says, I bought five oxen. I bought a field, right? If you're going to buy a field, if I'm going to go buy a field, do you think I would know, that? you think I would go look at it before I bought the field? Yeah, right? If you didn't, it'd be like going to buy a house without even knowing if the house could even stand up, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, or buying a car without knowing if it's even going to start. Like, this is dumb. You see how dumb this is? He's lying because he obviously, before he spent the money on a field, he would obviously go see if it's worth his money. And so he's, he's seen the field already. He's just coming up with a dumb excuse. Same thing with the second guy. I bought five yoke of oxen. I got to go try them out. What does that even mean? I got to go try them out. I'm going to go ride them around and like ride them around the town and race people. Right? Like what is that? I'm going to go try out my oxen. Anyone ever say that? No? Make excuse. You, got, you guys use that next time. Next time you don't want to go to a party, Josiah, I got to go try out my oxen. That's what it is. Right? That's, yeah, doesn't, I don't know what that means. But the point is, it's dumb, right? Obviously, he would have seen if they're worth him paying money for these five oxen. Obviously, he would have known. If they weren't, he, would have paid, he wouldn't have paid the money. Last one is, uh, the, the last one said, I just got married and therefore I'm unable to come. Dumb, right? I just got married and I'm unable to come. Right? I mean, mean, obviously you got the invitation in the first place, right? You understand that this banquet was planned ahead of time and a a wedding would have been planned ahead of time. You understand that? You guys, you guys get that? Yeah? They were both, so, so if he, if he got the invitation for the, for the party, for the banquet, and he knew his wedding was around the same time, do you think he would have said yes? Come on, you can, you can answer. No. No, he wouldn't have said yes because he, that would have conflicted with his wedding, right? That would, have, that would have got in the way of him getting married. He wouldn't have said yes. He, this is a dumb excuse. This, I mean, the second point is, why can't you just bring your wife with you to the party, right? I mean, what else are you going to go? You sit at home, watch TV, do some things that we don't actually want to know you're doing, right? Like, what, what are you going to do, right? You get my point? Like, dumb, stupid excuses. You know what? You get, you get it, all right? Clearly... Stupid excuses. We're not family friendly. We could talk about sex in here. You're junior high and high school students. All right. Move past it. Come on. Yeah, I know. You guys got to grow up. All right. It was a joke. Come on. It was a joke. All right. So clearly stupid excuses. Listen. Clearly dumb excuses. But remember, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. 
And he's talking about the excuses that we make to spend time with him. The excuses that we make, and it's too hard. It's too hard to grow. Excuses why we can't spend time with him. Could you imagine if Jesus walked through the doors in the back? If he walked through the doors in the back, interrupted us and said, hey, come follow me. Could you imagine if someone just stood up and said, oh, Jesus, man, if you would have came in like 10 minutes earlier, I would have said, yeah, I would have dropped everything. Or, or Jesus, oh, gosh, man, I, I, I really, I have this date tomorrow, and I can't miss it. Right? I mean, you, we would never do that. I'm too busy. I'm too stressed. I got too much homework. We would never do that. And yet we do it every single day. We have choices every day to spend time with him, to walk with him, to talk to him, to grow with him. And yet we choose. We choose what we want over what he wants for us. There's three things that I'm going to give you, three things about excuses. We're going to do this quick. Excuses keep us from growing. They keep us from growing. Excuses limit our freedom, and excuses are fake. Excuses keep us from growing. How can we expect to grow if we just keep making excuses? How can a baseball player, a basketball player, expect to grow if they just never show up to practice and make excuses the whole time? How can you expect to lose weight if you decide that every time you see a thing of ice cream, oh, oh, I, I, I worked out today, I'm okay. You're not going to lose weight that way, right? Listen, shh, listen, listen, shh. If it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. If it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. Excuses limit our freedom. And we think that if we make excuses, we're, having, we're giving ourselves more freedom to do more. But the truth is, is that we're just trapping ourselves. If we're fake and we lie about the things that we're facing, if we're facing an addiction, if we're facing sin and hurt and pain, and all we do is avoid it and make excuses to never face it, we're never going to get rid of it. We're going to be stuck in the dark. We have to be real. Excuses are fake. We can't expect to grow, man, if we're not real. Guys, if you want to grow, you have to be real. If you want to change, you have to be real. If you want to heal, you have to be real. Guys, you have to be real with yourself and the people around you. You can't walk in here pretending to be someone you're not. Walk in here knowing who you are and knowing that Jesus doesn't want you to stay there. If you want to grow, we have to stop making excuses. Like I said, we're going to do something a little different. There's an interview that I was watching just last week. And, uh, and I, I thought about like just explaining it, but then I thought like it'd be cool for us to just watch it. Uh, this interview, uh, Craig Groeschel, he's a pastor at a church. He interviews Kevin Durant. You guys know who Kevin Durant is? Yeah, and, and Carl Lentz. He's a pastor in New York, of uh, Hillsong, New York. He gets to hang out with Justin Bieber. I'd rather hang out with you guys than Justin Bieber, but, um, well, just because Justin Bieber's a loser, but, uh, all right, you get the point. So, um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Kevin Durant and Carl Lentz, they've got some really cool stuff to say about growing in our faith, so uh, check this out for a few minutes. I'll come back up, and then we'll wrap it up after that, okay? So check out this video. Check out what they have to say about growing in our faith. Maybe. Well, Kevin, I wanted to ask you about um, one of your uh, quotes that I love. You said, hard work beats talent. 
if talent doesn't work hard. Think about that, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. You are unquestionably one of the hardest working athletes around, but I wanna ask you more from a spiritual standpoint, um, what do you do spiritually that helps you to grow? What's, what's the hard work that helps you get closer to Christ? Well, I had to, I had to think about that um, one day, and I was wondering, why am I standing still? And it's not going to just happen with basketball. I, I didn't just wake up and, and decide I wanted to be good, and it just happened without me putting that work in. Um, and as a Christian, I just try to do little things every single day to put work in, to, to know Jesus, to know more about his word, and, and to grow. And I, and I think I can relate that to basketball and become a better basketball player and a better Christian by always putting in work, just like I, you know, I did when I was a kid. So what, what is that kind of work? Is it like, are you reading the Bible? Or are you worshiping or talking to people? What, is, what specifically, you're, you're running drills on the court. What's, what's the work for you spiritually? Just, just reading the Bible, um, knowing the word, just trying to switch up things in my life that I was accustomed to before. Is it the YouVersion Bible app? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, 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 uh, just, just curious. Yeah, I, he got me into uh, doing soaps, which is, you know, reading scriptures and, um, you know, observing them and applying them and, um, and also praying. So, you know, I just try to do little things, you know, small things every day to keep growing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a lot of, you know, like Donnie and, and, and Carl and a lot of spiritual brothers that help me out. You know, it's, it's definitely when I'm struggling um, to, to push me further. So, you know, I'm just blessed to have people in my so life. So how, how important are the right relationships? Because you probably have some influences that aren't as good and some that are. How important are the right relationships for you? Oh, this is definitely important. You know, one thing um, I try not to do is get distracted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that bad relationships can definitely um, get you distracted and get your eye off of God. And I think, um, you know, if I continue to just have the right people in my life, listen to them, uh, when they be real with me, definitely apply it and try to move forward in my life, but then things can change for me. Mm-hmm. Well, my wife thinks that your fiance is like the right person. Oh, she's the best. She thinks like she's the best. Amy like loves her, and so I think you're doing good there. Yeah, and and uh, you're good at basketball, but you did kind of outpunch your coverage on that one. She's a pretty good girl. Yeah, yeah, she, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, she you did good. You joined did. the club. <laughs> so that's right, that's right. Carl's a better talker than, uh, I mean, you, you did good yeah, with, uh, sure. with your wife. So you're a great leader on the court. You can light a team up. You can, I mean, you, you, you fire them up. How do you lead spiritually? You're, you're, it, you can't overstep your bounds, but yet you can influence your teammates. You can influence fans. You, you could even influence your coaches. How do you do that without being offensive in your faith? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I, I, I think back to one of my teammates. Um, he, he really, really loved Christ. A few years ago, it was Kevin Ollie. He's a head coach at University of UConn. University of Connecticut right now, and one thing he did is he just led by example. You know, he would he would go to chapel every single game, and guys were starting to wonder, you know, where was he going? He didn't say anything. He would just get up out of his locker and leave, and guys just started to wonder, you know, where's this guy walking to? And we just started to follow him. So with me, um, I just tried to come in and set a great example, um, you know, throughout my throughout the facility with my teammates, and hopefully they see a change in me, and they uh, you know they get curious, and then from there is all God's work and you know, it happened. Mm-hmm. What's really cool is behind the scenes, when people close to you do talk about you, they've always said, man, Kevin's an amazing guy. He's the best of the best. But they say, the guy's growing spiritually and other people see it. And I think that's really exciting to hear. I'm so thankful for it. Pastor Carl, you know, you, you've lit a city on fire. New York City is not the same now that you're there. You're reaching a lot of people that otherwise wouldn't go to church. 
Um, when you're trying to build people in spiritual passion, what do you think are some of the greatest hindrances that get in the way of people growing spiritually? Man, you're such a good interviewer. You're Thank you. awesome. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much authority. I, just, I want to say the right thing. I think, uh, I, I, you know, I think um, New York City is a good example of, uh, I mean, what's possible with the gospel in general. Like if, Kevin, Kevin's actually a perfect example in general of somebody who really has um, attacked his faith. So one of the great things we have in our relationship is honesty. Like he's really honest. And uh, so if you're having a bad day, let's talk about that. That's actually the day we can grow the most. Good days are great. But uh, what I've seen in New York is that people who will be honest, because we live in a church world where it's like, it's like Twitter, you know, show your best, hide the rest. And that is empty and it's hollow and it kills people in church because you could be sitting in church and you could be hurting, but you're in a church culture that says you can't have any problems or any needs in our church. We say, you know, come as you are, but love Jesus enough to realize he's not going to leave you like that. So when you come as you are, make sure you're ready to be healed as you were and just walk on into something new. So for me, the biggest thing is seeing if somebody wants it. I've been on the other end of being a pastor of like trying to convince somebody to want this, you know, more than I, I want it more than them. And I remember being a youth pastor one day, just like worrying about some kid who kept drinking. And I remember sitting there missing a date with my wife. And I'm like, this kid is not worried about me right now. I'm here missing time with my wife. And this guy's out there partying. That moment I realized I'm just going to look, I'm going to love people who don't want it. And I'm going to walk with people who do. And a guy like Kevin is just unbelievable. There's, there's a reason why he's the best in the world, no doubt. He didn't have to go chase teammates. You know, he's willing to stay faithful to a team. Um, uh, but and I love all that. But uh, there, there's something to be said for, for people who will just put in work. And I, I mean, I will hit him. And he knows it's kind of annoying having people in your life that love you. But we'll, we'll do scripture stuff every day where I'll be like, where's your scripture? And he's like, I didn't get to it. I'm like, what do you have something on, like a game or something? Of course you have time to write this, you know, uh, being facetious, obviously. But he's always ready to go, ready to talk. How, did you get your Bible in today? Did you uh, talk to this person today? How's your spirit? You know, you walk in the locker room. Is your head up or is it down? How's the body language when you get the technical? You know, <laughs> it's like, so it's little stuff that you have to be open for people to, uh, to be able to talk to you. And that All right. So obviously this video is a little old. If you're basketball fans, uh, Kevin Durant is not still on the same team. But um, you get the point, man. There's, some, there's a lot of good stuff in that video. If you guys want to go uh, check it out, it's life.church. That's the church that, that did the interview. Um, man, but there's so much that they said, right? Uh, they said hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. Man, and, and Kevin Durant asked the question, well, why am I standing still? And he says, and he relates it to basketball, right? Because I'm not working hard. I'm not, I'm not putting in the work. I'm making excuses of why I can't grow. And I think that's where a lot of us are, right? Working hard, putting in the work, starting small, having important people around us, having important relationships to hold us accountable. You've got that in small groups and leaders and people around you. Uh, uh, Carl Lentz said some, some good stuff too, man. Being real, being honest, being open about who you are. If you want to grow, stop making excuses about who you are and about your sin and about your hurt. Stop being fake. Stop making excuses. He said, he said show your best and hide the rest, right? That's empty and that's hollow. Man, but come as you are and know that Jesus wants, doesn't want to leave you there. Guys, so, so my question for you tonight, man, is, is do you want it? Do you want to grow? 
And if you do, stop making excuses. Turn from your excuses. That's the last thing that you can fill in. Turn from your excuses. Jesus, the, one, of the, uh, one of the first things Jesus came down from, from being tempted, the first things he says in Luke 4 is, from, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. A correct response, a right response to the kingdom of heaven is repenting, turning. Repenting just means turning from one thing, turning to another. And it's turning from our excuses and turning towards Jesus to run after him. Listen, listen, if you really want to grow, I can't make you do that. The people around you can't make you do that. Your leaders can't make you do that. You have to choose to do that. You have to choose to stop making excuses. If you really want to grow, stop making stupid excuses. And if you really, really want to grow, embrace discomfort. I want you to write that somewhere on your outline. Write that somewhere. Write, write it somewhere down. Write it down somewhere so that you can remember it. Embrace discomfort. Instead of running away and making excuses when things get uncomfortable, instead of saying, man, man, okay, I'm doing good. I'm growing. I'm growing. And then it gets uncomfortable and it's like, okay, I got to make an excuse. I can't do this anymore. You got to just let me be me. You got to let me, uh, you got to let me do my own thing, right? I'm too stressed. I'm too tired. I've got too much school. No, it's just uncomfortable. Embrace the discomfort if you want to grow. Growth is uncomfortable, man, but it's good. So stop making excuses when it's hard and embrace the discomfort. Let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, for your truth. Thank you for your word. God, thank you that you love us. Thanks that we can worship you, God. And I pray that we would choose to stop making excuses. God, the excuses that we make are so dumb. I pray that we would choose to embrace, embrace discomfort and choose to run after you. Choose to follow you with everything we've got so that we can grow and learn and choose to love others. Jesus, we praise you. We thank you. Would you give us a good night? In your name, amen.